0: What's up guys, it's Anthony coming back to you with another episode of Let's Talk NASCAR And on today's episode, I'm really not gonna go over the Richmond race It was really boring to me, I don't even like Richmond like that Long story short, Kevin Harvick pulled off two in a row There was a little bit of bumping and banging You know, Kyle Busch got crashed He got spun out by Ross Chastain, but he rebounded back to a ninth place finish for all you boomers, Bubba Wallace failed to get a top 10 in this race, but it was in my opinion a snooze fest. I fell asleep around stages two and three. And this was really I don't see why this track has two dates. I don't see why it has two race dates. If they can't get I don't see why they took the night race away. I remember a year, some years ago, Kyle Busch ended up winning a playoff race here at Richmond. I think it was 2018 where the ratings was real low. I don't know why they took the night race away. They need to stop taking all these night races away. But the race was mid, in my opinion. Without further ado, let's get into this episode. Now... Kyle Bush does not have a ride yet, still. I believe he said he was open to a pay cut, but he still doesn't have a ride. He came out and said he doesn't want to go through this again for the rest of his career, and his goal is to get him and Braxton Bush to share a truck, and then he's out. He's done after that. In my opinion, there's nothing wrong with that. The only problem is he still doesn't have a contract now. Who is he who's he gonna sign with? I'm not sure but he's really looking like he might not be a joke in his racing. In my opinion, the chemistry is just all the way off along with some unfortunate luck at the time. But I really don't I don't know where he's gonna re sign. I don't know if he's going to stay with Joe Gibbs Racing. I don't know if he's going to stay with Toyota because it's not just Kyle Busch, it's KBM Racing as well. I'm not sure what's going to come up about how contract negotiations have gone. There was rumors rumor to be said that Joe Gibbs, Joe Gibbs Racing has allegedly stopped talking to Kyle Busch about contract negotiations. So it's going to be real interesting. All I know is if... A guy like Kyle Bush does not have a ride in the Cup Series next year. That's going to speak wonders on how things are in this sport. How guys are able to really run at the top level. Because I believe the issue is he doesn't have a sponsor or they don't have a sponsor to pay him. But this is Kyle Bush. And for Kyle Bush to be having these issues, I'm not sure what to say about that. But I also would like to say that I saw this similar similar happen with Jimmy Johnson. As your sponsor your longtime sponsor leaves, it seems like the performance starts to go down prior to them leaving. And Last year was rather a down year for Kyle Bush. He had one win at Texas, and that was by the time he was eliminated for the playoffs. It was rather a down year. And I'm starting to notice that now with Eminem's leaving, Mars leaving at the end of this season. It's been a rather down year from last. It's really been down from last year to this point in time where it just recently hit a new low, where Kyle Bush was finishing outside of the top 10. And I believe he leads, he is tied with Chase Elliott and somebody else for the most incidents with practice qualifying in the race combined in the Cup Series this year. So that's also something interesting to say. But that's really my Kyle Busch news, my Kyle Busch update for this week. I know you guys haven't been hearing the podcast lately, but that was due to... Some issues I had to take on outside of life. Now, we're about to get to the next segment of this episode. Hey, guys, this is your boy, Anthony, and I'm coming to you with this segment of Let's Talk NASCAR. Now, if you listen to the full episode, you might notice I might have switched this segment around with the first segment, but I didn't have time to pre-record that segment. And that segment was about Kyle Busch. But this is going to be the first segment because it's more important, in my opinion, Because it relates to NASCAR as a whole, and the series as a whole, truck racing from intermediate tracks to short tracks. And my opinion is the Gen 6 racing, like the Gen 6 car in general, it didn't really produce the best racing at the tracks. Like the intermediate tracks, the one and a half miles to two mile tracks. The things that caused NASCAR to say, you know what, we're going to change the schedule around and things like that. Which is good, but I don't like how I don't like the way that they did it. In my opinion, the Gen Six racing ruined a lot of these tracks because you even have places like New Hampshire, Pocono. At times, they put PJ Run, Reason, PJ One, Pre Reason on Reason, however you pronounce that. On the surface of the track, they re they Texas. They reconf- like Texas is like completely different with how it ran. Things like that, and we got Indy going from the school from the rectangle. I don't know why people want to call it oval. That's a, clearly a rectangle, for all the people who don't know her, don't know their shapes. But they went from the rectangle to the road course. You got Charlotte. They added the roval. A lot of this was did because around this time, that's when folks was like, you know what? We're really tired of the intermediate racetracks, the type of product that's producing. So we're going to switch the schedule up. But the way that they're doing it, they're not really going to. They went to a few new tracks this year, but you got. We look at it like this. Last year, they had the Daytona Road Course. They added Bristol Dirt. They added Bristol Dirt in the past. They decided to take Indy and make that the road course. All these things were because of like attendance or the product. And a lot of fans were asking for road courses. And that's hard to go to a dirt track even. And short tracks. And now with the short track... You got NASCAR taking the Auto Club Speedway and transforming that into a... Not NASCAR. Auto Club Speedway is about to become a short track. I'm not sure how the exact layout will be, but it's not going to no longer be the two-mile racetrack. They're going to race there next year, I believe, in 2023. But a lot of racing this year has been good for the most part. In my opinion, the dampers have been the short tracks this year, which they should work on. But the intermediate tracks, the mile and a half, two miles, even the one mile tracks, we want to look at Dover or somewhere, New Hampshire. They've been producing, in my opinion, good races. I've really been intrigued by watching these races. The only time I've fallen asleep on a race this year will be Richmond and the Coke 600 and the race at Nashville. Nashville is because of rain. I believe that was rain or lightning, if I'm not mistaken, that pushed the race in late into the night. In the Coke 600, that was the longest race. They had a lot of cautious late, and it was a late night for me. So, the point that I'm making here is, I think the Gen 6 car really is what set a lot of the schedule things up, because that... The Gen 6 racing on a lot of these tracks affected the ratings, which then affects the TV times. It affects how many fans come to the racetracks. You got NASCAR trying to do gimmicks. NASCAR trying to, you know, change up the playing field, change up the tracks, things like that. A lot of that happened during the Gen 6 era because the Gen 6 era was 2013. You still had to chase... It was, it was a lot different compared to 2013 to now. And between 2013 and now, there's been a lot of negative talk about the sport, how the sport is dying. NASCAR is dying. NASCAR is going in the wrong direction. NASCAR is trying to do anything they can to draw in a new audience. NASCAR is trying to save itself, but they're doing it the wrong way. They're killing themselves by doing all these little different things. And I just think the Gen 6 car was to blame for a lot of the decisions that NASCAR made around that time. But this year, with the Gen 7 car, I've been impressed with the racing, how hard drivers been racing in a lot of these racetracks. And while I do believe that within the next year or two, it's going to start the playing field is going to start spreading out as people start figuring out this car more, it's provided quite a bit of polarity this year. Like, look how many winners that we have. We have the potential to where we could have 17 winners before the playoffs even start. And we're going to Watkins Glen this week, Daytona next week. There's potential we could have two new winners. You never know what could happen in these two next two weeks. But ultimately, I think NASCAR, if you wanted to really change out the schedule... If you didn't want to run indie on the Oval, I don't necessarily think you should have ran it on the road course either because the road course on the restarts is just insane. And they're just... But the rest of it is just, you know... Yeah. As far as going to dirt tracks, Bristol Dirt, I like what they did, but you got dirt tracks that you can actually go to or try to renovate, like what they did when they finally brought back Wilkesboro. You could renovate one of these racetracks and host a NASCAR NASCAR race there. Like, Iowa's looking for a NASCAR race. What's wrong with Iowa? As far as road courses, they keep trying to change Sonoma. The layout that they run for Sonoma, they need to just stick with one and be cool with that. You have the Charlotte Roval, which the first year, it was crazy, but now the guys are figuring out it's becoming more spread out. As these cars on the road courses, they really spread out to say the least. It becomes NASCAR on road courses, it becomes like strategy races, but it's really not no strategy like how it used to be because we got stage racing now. And then you might have an occasional caution or two in the final stage to where everybody will pit and they can make it from there. But... Before NASCAR adds short tracks to the schedule, they should look at the short track package that they have. Because one thing about Gen 6 racing... The when tracks were aerodynamics didn't matter that much, the racing was good. You really it was more so drive a driver's track. Now you got shifting at the short tracks, things like that. It's more spread out, it's more so follow the leader at these tracks. So if you want to add more short tracks to the schedule, you got to really. One, go to more short tracks instead of Bristol, Martinsville, and Richmond, which were all around the same area if you look at the map of where all the NASCAR Cup Series races are at. And two, look at the short track package on these race cars because it's not, cause I hope Martinsville and Bristol Night Race are better than how they were in the day race. So the Bristol... It was on Bristol Dirt, but we got Bristol Night now. But I hope they're better in Richmond, just to say the least. And another thing, I think they could hone it back on the road courses because we go to Road America, we go to Watkins Glen, we go to Sonoma. Those are three road courses in the summertime. I think you can do, and then you got Coda. You also have um you also have the roval. So you got five roll course, I think you can cut it back to maybe four or three. and that's in my opinion. And this is all probably even counting the Indy roll course. Like I really don't see them returning to the world. Indy's probably gonna stay in the future. But I think you can go back to the oval Indie Indy, at least see how the oval race is with these cars. But Overall, my point of making this segment of the episode was just to point out how I believe Gen 6 racing is what influenced a lot of NASCAR's decisions today. But I think this car could influence NASCAR to go into the direction that it truly wants to go because it's putting, it's forcing these guys to really drive the race cars now. It's there just being, making the most aero dependent race car possible. But... That is it for this segment of the episode. Peace.